Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. And thank you for joining us today. So, uh, this episode, we'll just be discussing who we are and why we're here and what the heck we're doing. Why are we here? I'm not really sure. All right. Thanks for joining us. That concludes the... (laughs) (laughs) See ya. So, we're here to have conversations about theater, about community theater, about specific topics within that that we want to talk about. Yeah. uh, Glenn and I have both been involved uh, in amateur community theater for... As opposed to professional community theater. Well, <laughs> kind of almost is this gray area, but... Is there a professional... I guess there are community theaters that are a little... That have... Uh... They have paying positions. Right. Although I think most theaters that I've been involved with have at least like one paid position. So oh, really? Have, yeah. A lot of uh, like uh, box office, I think, does that sometimes. Um People who, I mean, I think it's usually box office. It's the people who take the reservations and make sure that all that is all in order. It's I had no idea. Position. Yeah. It Not is at, uh, I believe, at Barley Chief Theater, at uh, Forge Theater. I think both of those are paid positions. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever encountered that with any place I've worked at before. Anyway, so <laughs> we've both, both uh, been involved in community theater separately and occasionally together over, I don't know, when did you get started? Late 90s. So about 20 years, yeah. in Glenn's case. Me, a little bit less. And where did you start? I started at Forge, actually. So that's, uh, I, I suppose that's one thing. We, so I've already mentioned two theaters. So we are in the uh, Philadelphia suburbs, southeastern Pennsylvania. It's a very active community theater area. There are, I don't know, 20-some-odd theaters in the area? You it's got a lot. me. It's a lot, of, uh, a lot of amateur theater. So I have so far mentioned Forge Theater, which is in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, and uh, the Barley Chief Players, which is in Lionville, Pennsylvania. And I've done a lot of work um, mostly at Village Players of Hatboro. Uh, Occasionally, I have also done some things at Forge, although it's been a while, and uh, Playcrafters of Skipback and uh, Barn Playhouse in Jeffersonville. Dramaturs at the Barn in Jeffersonville. We've both been involved there. Um, I know we we did... Dracula and Frankenstein there at any rate. Yep. I don't know. Together. Even. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, we act. We uh, both act. We both direct. We've done sound work. I've done some backstage. Uh, I stage managed a show. I've, I've, I worked lights once even, I think. I that's something I haven't much. done. Yeah. I used to do that when I was in high school. I actually did the lighting design. But I have completely forgotten that skill. Well, I think that is largely dependent on the particular equipment that they have. It is, yeah. And the equipment has changed quite a bit since I was in high school. Yeah, the light consoles are usually pretty elaborate, depending on how their system is configured. When I started doing the lights when I was in high school, stuff was actually hooked up. Each individual light was hooked up to a breaker. And there was just a, a big breaker box in the light. So to, to do a blackout, you had to get like four people in there and everybody would shut off the breakers at once. 
I know that it sounds like I'm making it up, but I swear to you, each individual light was on a break, right? It was either on or off. Wow. By the time I graduated, we had an actual light board so we could actually dim things. And I remember working, it was like a battle of the bands. And I had friends that were in one band and then there was the other band that had, you know, that they were up against that I didn't really care about. And they, they, when we were working in the rehearsal, we wanted to do their lights. They said, look, can you just flash stuff there? And I was just like, just going crazy and hitting all the buttons and just flashing all the lights like crazy. They're like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> like, all right, I think it looks like crap, but I don't care. I want my friends to win anyway. <laughs> anyway, mean, yeah. I'm used to the this console that I'm most familiar with. Uh, just buzzes really loudly whenever it's at full blast. It's got yeah. that nasty. They've all got that AC hum. Yeah, and if you're the if you're sitting at the lighting desk, it's like right next to you. And they have a they had some sort of a cooling down cycle. Maybe they determined they don't actually need to do it. I'm not entirely sure about that, or it was not really so much for the light amplifiers, but for the console. I don't mm. I don't know exactly. I'm also not very. Yeah, uh, up on doing lights. So that's so, one so thing we we've identified that we don't really. Yeah, do. we probably won't discuss that much in lighting. <laughs> we'll world. have to get a special guest for that one. I think. There you go. If we uh, decide to talk about that later. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jim and I met. Uh, we determined this is like early two thousand. The so. year was two thousand one. The year. Yeah, uh, I was directing. I, I guess it was my first stage show. Uh, this was at Forge. It was a uh, one act written by Elaine May called Hotline, and that was as part of a three-act show called Death-Defying Acts, which was uh, the one act by Elaine May. There was one by uh, Woody Allen called Central Park Central West. Central Park West, and, and, and then there was Mamet was the other one? Mamet was the other one, and that was... An interview, or the yes, interview? I think it was an interview. So uh, I cast Jim as, uh, I guess, the lead in that, or, well... Ken I, Gardner. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the lead, or if the female role would be considered the lead. Eh. I'm gonna go for the female role because I think yeah, she had she had like a three page well, monologue in there. Yeah, but it kind of went back and forth because towards the end she didn't. That's where we, she was supposedly yeah. overdosing or right. Oh was God, I'm giving show. the plot away. Uh oh. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, yeah, see that. I mean, the uh, the Elaine May I think is the gem in there. I don't think I, personally I don't think the other two shows are as good, but uh, Death Defying Act is a good show to check out. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I was directing that and I cast Jim as a. A large role in there, whether or not it's the lead, I guess is questionable. Doesn't really matter. Back then, I was known as Other Jim. Yes, there was a because there was another Jim who had seniority. Yeah, well, I had known him a little <laughs> a little bit longer than I knew you, so that was <laughs> I, I, trying to avoid old Jim and young Jim. Yeah, that's not a good idea. No, so we went with just Jim and Other Jim, and we. Kind of parted ways after that show and didn't stay in. We kind of stayed in touch, but it was a little while before we worked together again. We, you know, <coughs> stayed in touch socially. Yeah. Just didn't really work on anything together again for a few years after that. I can't remember. It was true. No, we, we determined this before. It was Dracula was the next one? And then no, Trilist. no, there was uh, Picasso. Okay. It was before that. Yeah, so I directed uh, Picasso de la Panagile. That was at uh, King of Prussia Players. Uh, and Jim did my sound for that. That was my first attempt at... Uh, doing sound for a show. Yeah. And then it was Dracula? Yeah. Okay. Then it was Dracula, which had a very complicated sound design with music in the background. And then we went on to True West. With, uh, if I recall correctly, with speakers attached to the walls. Speakers attached to the wall? Was that yeah, you had the... Uh... You had the little mini speaker that was screwed onto like a board. 
Okay. I and then we installed those, what, on the sidewalls, was it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember that now. I think you said you used them before. I had originally like, used those. It was the production, um, forgetting. Did you have them under the seats or something? Yeah, I, I, the, the, I cannot remember. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the show right now, except that it was the Joan of Arc cheese play. That's all I can remember because it had references to both Joan of Arc and cheese. <laughs> and I cannot, the, the name of the show is uh, escaping me. But there's a is that big, the one in Branson or something? Maybe. The I, it, I well, there's a tornado in the middle of the show. There's this tornado. And I did the sound. I was in that show, and I also did the sound design for it. And I had these speakers that were uh, made to be attached to a surface, and then the whole surface would turn into the speaker. And this was at Forge. And uh, it's a black box theater, meaning they can put the seating wherever they want. They put it up on risers. And I had the speakers attached to the bottom of the risers. So this hurricane, excuse me, tornado, had some lighting effects and sound, and it was pretty much an empty stage for like 90 seconds or longer. And the only thing on stage was my tornado sound effect that like slowly built, and then there would be thunder and stuff. And if you're sitting in the seats, you would feel them rumble, sort of. It didn't really work that well. Well, at any rate, that's what we used. I think we used that for making Dracula sound like he was... His disembodied voice. Yeah, I, I don't even remember where we had them. I, I kind of remember using them, though. I remember attaching one to the sidewall. Um, so from there, right. we went on to, I believe, Frankenstein would have been the next one we worked on together, right? No, actually, there was another one before that. Uh, Bride of Brackenlock. The Bride of Brack. I forgot about that. Yeah, I spent that whole thing on stage speaking out a Scottish accent. So, <laughs> the Hong Kong kids. Strong... Gong thong. Oh, God. That was such a silly show, but that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I tend to forget the ones where we worked together where I wasn't director. And that was the the other one. I, thing I remember about that was uh, you miming playing the Chopin. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, had, I had Revolutionary big, etude. Yeah, as a big dramatic scene. Is that where how you I say that word? I don't even know. Etude. 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 I don't know. Um, it's not important. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Leave us a comment. Send us an email. Let us know how to pronounce <laughs> Correct it. Correct us later. I'm yeah. sure everybody will. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about that, you can reach us, uh, if you would like, at uh, podcast at backstage.link. L-I-N-K. I'll make a note of it. Well, you should already know that. They should be making a note of it. I didn't remember. It's like knowing my own phone number. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah, Actually, it's probably more like knowing most of your friends' phone numbers because you dial them by name anymore. I know. You remember when you used to have to actually memorize people's numbers? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I still probably have some numbers memorized that I do not need anymore. Yeah, memory dial was a luxury at one time. Yeah. But we wax historical yes. at that point. And start showing our age. So then uh, Frankenstein was after that, I okay. think. Okay. And we haven't worked together since. <laughs> have we worked together? I don't know that we have, actually. By Jove, I think you're right. Yeah. So we parted ways, uh, decided we hated each other. <laughs> That's exactly how it went. Yes. Uh, so... No, we just got older and did well, other stuff. We we moved. That's where. Well, you moved. But so you, did you a couple times. Yeah, yeah. So we but moved. kind of in the same general area. At I least got married. I got a kid. So things changed, uh, and I have recently kind of stepped away from theater because I've found that I don't really have the time as much. But I was looking for a creative outlet, and this is something. Uh, the podcast is something that's been in my head to try out for a while, and I 
went to Jim about it and said, hey, uh, do you have any interest in doing a podcast? And then after some and he said waterboarding no. <laughs> and I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not right away. I might have had to convince you of it. <laughs> I, I guess part of it is like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to talk about? And, you know, I think part of this discovery process, uh, talking it out and deciding what we're going to do is realizing that, hey, you know, we're not really experts by a long shot. So how are we going to sit and wax philosophic and teach people things? But, well, we have a lot of experience and I think our experience is as good as anybody else's as far as what we can share with people. and And we have stories. We do. Yes. So... We're not really going to be looking to instruct you on anything. We're not, as I said, we're not experts. We're not going to tell you how to do things. We're going to tell you what our experiences have been and and hope that we have some interesting conversations along the way and, and get you to think and have conversations of your own and possibly even with us. And then if anybody wants to reply in about it, they can say, well, what you should have done was this. Yes, and you can email us about that at podcast at backstage.link. It bears repeating. That yes, way you'll remember. Yes, if we say podcast at backstage.link enough, you might remember it and then be like, wait, is it .com? No, it's not .com, it's .link. Now, just be sure to use it three times in a sentence and then you'll be good. Yes, well, how am I going to use podcast at backstage.link <laughs> in a sentence three times? That was... Or was that Oh, uh, maybe three? not, I'm sorry. Was no. that four? Damn, now we're three. <laughs> that was how they always used to tell you that's how you'll remember a vocabulary word. Oh. Use it three times in a I, sentence. I forgot them already, so oh, clearly sorry. it didn't work for me. Or I didn't use Maybe it Maybe you only use it twice. I or I used it four times. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how much longer we want to keep you. We've uh, kept you about 15 minutes, maybe. I don't even think we've kept you that long. <laughs> but We didn't really... Know. There's probably, I don't know, more we could tell about our individual experiences. Okay, we go want. for it. Okay. Um, well, Glenn and I mostly talked about stuff we've worked on together. Uh, other stuff I worked on separately. Uh, what was your first show ever? We already covered that. Oh, you mean no, ever? your first show ever? God, uh, probably in kindergarten. And what did you play? I think I was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was a Christmas play. Well, that sounds like the lead. Or was it not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? It wasn't. Oh, okay. It was probably Santa Claus was the lead, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I just remember being upset about getting my face painted. Oh. Did you get your nose painted, I guess? Yeah. I was not happy about that. I was five. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I was a little older than that. My first show wasn't until I was in fifth grade. Okay. And that was, uh, I played little Winthrop Peru oh, in The Music yeah. Man. Yes. My I first was, show was a musical. I was also in The Music Man, but not that production. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. You're, <laughs> I did you're it younger high, than I. I did it in high school and I was the mayor. <laughs> ah. So, yeah. I mean, there were a couple... You know, silly little school plays in elementary school that I was in. Mm. Uh, in middle school, there wasn't anything. So uh, that was kind of where I got a little bit more serious about pursuing opportunities for it. So I actually started take uh, taking summer theater workshops that another, not my district, but another school district was having. Mm-hmm. So, so it sounds like you've had more training than I. <laughs> well, I, I just kind of jumped into it. I don't know how much I'd call it training, but it was kind of sort of intended to be educational. Right. The best one of those was the second year we did um, this play called Bluebeard Had a Wife. I think it was 
I think it might have been Tim Kelly who wrote it, which he's written a lot of adaptations and mm-hmm. you know, plays at a lot of community, community theaters do. And, yeah, he is pretty prolific. And uh, so it was just a workshop, so there were no understudies, and there were only four people in the cast. But one of the girls got really sick, like right before we were supposed to do our performance. Mm-hmm. So the director had to do the cross-dressing bit and step in <laughs> to play her role, and that made it oh, God. probably ten times funnier than it normally would have been. Was it at least a comedy? Yeah, it okay. was. But that just that that made it incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in high school, my high school um, had, you know, they did a... At the time, they did a fall mm-hmm. non-musical, usually in December, and then a spring musical in April or May. And I was somehow involved in all of those that were uh, performed during my times in high school. Hmm. Yeah, high school is when I stepped back and was doing the lighting and backstage stuff. Well, yeah, I did more uh, on stage stuff for the first three years. And then the fourth year, I did kind of the same thing and stepped back and focused on crew. And that actually was my first attempt at running a soundboard for mm-hmm. uh, the musical Oliver. And I that involved. I don't remember if, if we had, I mean, I assume there must've been sound equipment where I was. I don't really, I, it was like a completely different area. It was a very weird auditorium. Yeah. We had the whole bit with the wireless mics and all the main characters had wireless mics on like the barn does for their shows mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, I remember so- operating spotlight. I did that for a year or, or at least one show. The interesting thing for that was I think in previous years, people had complained that the sound wasn't as good. So the thing they tried with me the first time I did it was actually putting the board out in the back of the house mm. instead of in the semi enclosed booth that was behind that. Okay. And I think that helped a lot just as far as being able to hear it properly. Yeah. I, they had the sound. Kind of what you did for Picasso. Same thing. I don't even remember what we, we took did. the whole board. Was didn't there we? a booth? <laughs> I I'm I don't even remember if there was a booth. That that was done I, at I think the middle was. school, high school, high school. I thought it was done at the middle school. No, that was that okay. was high school. Um, so that was a uh, King of Prussia players used to do their their shows at apparently a high school. I yeah, it was middle school, but <laughs> I think it was high school. But I was in the back of the house. Um, yeah, I kind so of the soundboard that. was out in the. I the think house. that I th- I think I just was like, well, wherever you put it, just put it there. I, 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 don't, I didn't have as much input on that as I have had on other shows. That might have been what they typically do in that place because I think yeah. I did sound for another show there later, and I think it was the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. But that was a very – that was a big house, and that makes it challenging, I guess. Yeah, it, you kind of have to be out in the house, I think, to hear it properly, or yeah. it works best that way. So then in college, I I didn't really do anything freshman year, but sophomore year I got involved with their theater department, which fortunately, uh, the particular college I went to, you didn't have to be a theater major or even mm-hmm. a theater minor to necessarily get involved with theater there. Yeah, I honestly don't even know how it worked when I was in college. I did not get involved. I knew some people who were involved with the program, um, but I did not get involved until after college and... That was, uh, I changed jobs and somebody that I was working with did community theater. I was like, Hey, you should come out and audition. Like, well, that's something I've always wanted to do. And I managed to get cast in the the first show that I auditioned for. And I I got hooked immediately. Which was? That was, uh, all in the timing. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, 
David Ives? Yes. Yeah, and that's a bunch of uh, little one acts. Or I mean, they're barely, they're not even really one acts. They're like vignettes, I guess. They're very short one yeah, acts. Yeah, they're I very guess. short they're, one they're, acts. Yeah, right. Um, and I was in one of them at that time, and I did that show again later at a different theater and was in a different one. Right. Was Which, that the Unamunda? Or is that something else? Yeah. No, that was that. The, okay. the first one I was involved with was called uh, Foreplay or The Art of the Fugue. And that was uh, three different guys playing the same character on three different dates. Uh, all at the same location. At the same location. Golf course. It's a very surreal piece. And then the other one, I, honestly, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I thought it was called Unamunda. But no. I, no, no. Uh, There's a made-up the, language in it that's called Unamunda. The universal language? Universal language, Is yeah. that what it was? And that is basically, uh, most of my lines were in a made-up language called Unamunda, which uses all English words, but it's just nonsense. Ding! It's amusing nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I th- honestly, I think the reason that I managed to land that role is because I was already familiar with it. I had already seen somebody else do it uh, the first time I had done this show, and I had the script, so I read it, and I'm like, I know how to make this make sense. So when I auditioned for it, I was able to read it cold and sound like I knew what I was saying. I can't remember. I probably have read the script for that at one point. I can't remember if it gave you, like, translations. I think it does, yeah. Okay. I think it tells you what you're saying. I think I have the script, actually. I, I, <laughs> I have to I look do. at it again. I have at least one copy of it. Um. Well, I've never script. done it, but I've read it at one point. I think I bought a copy of the script, but anyway. That's a fun show, too. And yeah. what would that? So that was my first community theater. What was your first community theater show? Was your show. Hotline? Oh. <laughs> it was Hotline, yeah. yeah. Well, so it's my fault. <laughs> it wasn't, um, yeah, same thing. After I graduated, I, I did several shows in college, um, mainly just acting. One of the more interesting ones was one we actually did outdoors. It was a production <laughs> of Everyman. Kind of a very like modernist interpretation of every man, and we did it outside mm-hmm. on a really hot weekend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, as a form of like viral advertising for that, I guess it was the director's idea. He wrote, he wrote out in chalk on the sidewalk at several places around the campus. Death is coming, May seventh and eighth. <laughs> and I think somebody, I forget if it was in the school paper or not. Somebody was like, took it as like, well. A death threat. Sadly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I can't imagine, particularly like in this day and age, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, yeah, coming. except it would be a little bit weird for it to be coming on two different days. I suppose that's true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I think I remembered writing a piece in the school paper, you know, explaining it a little bit more. <laughs> Not literal death. <laughs> <laughs> it was a promotion. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I didn't really. I didn't really get involved. After I graduated college and started working full time, I didn't really immediately get back into community theater. I was, Mm. I guess, generally familiar with it, that it was out there. But six months after I started working, I auditioned for a show, but I did not get in it. Mm. Uh, And then Hotline, I think, was the next audition I went to. Well, happy to have brought you on board. Why, thank you. You're quite welcome. So... From there, where did uh, that was acting? So how did you move into directing? Uh, didn't start it right away. Probably, oh god, probably about five years in or five years after that. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember. I think exactly. that's probably about how how long it took me to make that transition. And I don't know about you, but in my case, it was probably something I never thought I was ever going to want to get into. But 
I guess I got more interested at late interested in it later when two things happened, I guess. One is I was starting to feel like, well, have I kind of done everything that I'd want to do on stage? What else, you know, what other kind I I don't know what other kind of roles I'd want to do. And then the other thought was um just having gone through several productions at that point and I think some of them I felt like were directed better than others. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Like ones I wasn't directing? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I, I, I kind of had a similar feeling where I'm like, well, I can do this. I mean, and it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't so much that... It wasn't so much that I was looking at shows going, wow, that I don't know why they did that. It was more that, oh, you know, I might have done that differently. I might have done this. And I wanted to have that opportunity to try Mm -hmm. my vision. Yeah, and the other piece of it, too, was I wanted to try to, whether it's conveying a vision or put a stamp on uh, a show where maybe there wasn't necessarily any particular role that I thought that I could pull off. Yeah, see, I, (laughs) I, I did not have quite the same experience because a lot of the shows that I've directed are shows that like, well, geez, I could, I could either direct this or I could be in it. Well, is anybody else going to put in a directed and would they cast me? So my view has kind of been with those. It's like, all right, well, I would love to be in this, but I want to be involved with it even more than just play this role. So if the only way that I can guarantee to be involved with it is to direct it, then I would like to direct it. And that's how I got started in it. Because Dracula, like, I would love to play the title role in that. True West, that's one that, that both of us have directed. I mean, either one of those roles is just fantastic roles. Um, almost everything I've directed, I've looked at it going, well, yeah, I could play that role. <laughs> maybe maybe I just have too big of an ego, or I don't know. I think by the point I, by the time I got into that, I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking that way. I was mm. just like, okay, I'm well, not kinda, in this. Whether I could do it or away. not, I'm not even thinking about it. I just, I, I kind of like where I'm sitting from here. Yeah. Well, you, you stepped away from, from acting. I mean, I, are you still stepped away from that now? Or? I kind of am, yeah. yeah. I, the last time I had been on stage was about two and a half years ago. And that was the first time in probably six or six and a half years. Yeah. See, I still like the the acting experience it's just hard for me uh with a with a young kid now mm-hmm. it's hard for me to find the time for that and and i and i had directed and acted pretty much back to back and that just took me away for too long and i'm like i need something where i can go like all right i can sit down for a couple hours and have that creative outlet and then wait another month <laughs> whereas any community theater you're going to be involved with any i i mean well regular theater is a daily commitment probably but uh, with community theater, it's it's several nights a week or for like well rehearsals, several typically months. three months. Yeah, so it's a it's a big commitment, and I mean, it's great and it's a lot of fun, but sometimes it's hard to find that time. Yeah, and that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. That kind of brought us to this, where uh, this is something where I mean, we plan to do this on a weekly basis from your perspective. From our perspective, we're going to do, you know, a few hours. We're going to record these. Uh, So we're going to be going uh, on a topic that will span several episodes. That's the plan. Uh, We'll see how that works out. But uh, next week, we'll come in with uh, talking about play and slate selection. So selecting plays from a director standpoint, from a theater standpoint, maybe from an actor standpoint and all of this. 
and we'll split that up into several episodes. That'll be about a half an hour each, which is probably close to what this is at this point. And yeah, we'll take it from there. We'll have, like I said, topics that'll span several episodes and yeah, <laughs> I don't know what more there is to say about it. <laughs> Uh, and, and like we said at the beginning, we're just sharing experiences. Uh, if you're listening to this and you aren't really familiar with community theater, then this can kind of give you sort of an inside window. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not experts. We're, we uh, have experience. And we just are looking to share that experience and share conversations with you. We're really just going to be talking about this stuff. Right. And, you know, if you are listening to this and you do have experience with this, then, you know, you could easily have a different uh, perspective on this. Uh, perhaps thought of things or encountered things we have not. Uh, if you'd like to share those. We encourage you to do that. You can contact us, as I have said, at podcast at backstage.link. Great. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this session, I this episode. So thank you for tuning in to us. You can find us, uh, hopefully, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, where do you find podcasts? We have to figure out where we're putting this, but... Obviously, we've already figured it out if you're hearing this. Yeah, we'll get to work on that. All right. Or we will have gotten to work on that. Yes. And you can see our website. Uh, that's backstage.link. And email us once again at podcast at backstage.link. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot. And see you next time. Mm-hmm.